Hi, good evening, listeners. I have a special guest with me today. He is from. He's joining us from USA. It welcome AP. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, AP is from Skillsoft. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time, AP. Let's get it started very quickly. I, you know, just to set the context up of the conversation, I wanted to request you to introduce yourself and what does Skillsoft do, and then maybe we could ask some more pointed questions. Oh yeah, thank you for the opportunity, Rohit. Um, so let me tell you very briefly about myself. Um, I have been a software SaaS executive for over twenty years. I started my career in IBM. Uh, I was there for about you know ten plus years, and then um, I work, went to a company called ACI Worldwide Electronic Payments. I managed um, you know software building and delivery as well as I managed a fairly large businesses there. And then about five years ago, I joined Skillsoft um, as the chief technology officer. I'm responsible for all of product development, engineering in the Skillsoft brand of companies um, that we have there. Um, what Skillsoft does is primarily it provides um, learning solutions that are suitable for the enterprise. So in terms of areas of content, we provide power skills things like business skills, communication skills, all the way up to leadership, diversity uh, training, and so on. Uh, all the fundamental business skills that somebody would need to succeed in any role, to be honest. Uh, so that's one big area. The second area we provide uh, learning solutions or technology skills, all the emerging technologies, let's say Python, data science, AI, ML, um, and even technical management like agile uh, processes or PMP and certifications. So we not only provide content, we provide labs and practice uh, capabilities. And the third major area that we focus on is um, what we call a safe workplace or compliance um, in terms of workplace compliance, um, you know, harassment, uh, again, DEI, um, legal compliance and occupational health and safety. We provide all of that in a very open platform called Percipio that not only serves up Skillsoft content, but is able to actually incorporate customers' own content that they have, as well as any third-party content that they would want to surface through the same platform, such as YouTube or some other licensed content. Thank you. Uh, you, you, you're a you're a SaaS leader, as I understand. And India is is seeing a massive growth in the entire SaaS startup ecosystem. Uh, there was a report by Google and and SL Partners, if I am not wrong, that India will 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 have almost ten billion dollar revenue uh, industry, eight percent of global share. I wanted to ask you a very pointed question. Why do you think uh, uh, SaaS, whatever the ecosystem is becoming what it is, what is driving the growth and, and where do you see uh, Indian ecosystem being, being uh, getting into or be, get going into from here in next three, four years? Yeah, great question. Um, in my experience, um, you know, Rohit, what I've observed is the biggest driver uh, or attractiveness of SaaS to any customer is a time to value. 
right? You're making an investment and your time to value is almost instantaneous. Compared, comparing it with the older world of, let's say, on-premise software capabilities, uh, there used to be always this big implementation project. It's not like SaaS is devoid of implementation, but overall time to value is almost probably somewhere between five to eight times quicker, right, with SaaS. So you pay for something, there's no concept of quote-unquote shelfware, right? So you get value immediately. So that's one big driver. The second big driver is for customers of SaaS capabilities. They're able to focus on their core business. Suppose somebody's core business is, let's say, a food delivery marketplace. Suppose somebody's core business is um, a media channel, right? An on-demand media channel. You're able to focus on your core business and what drives growth in your business where you are an expert versus kind of focusing on IT technologies like, you know, buying databases and then managing applications and so on and so forth. So essentially, it drives, um, you know, kind of uh, specific thinking in your area of expertise versus worrying about essentially um, things that are not core to your business. So that's the second big driver. The third big driver of growth is it's very helpful for smaller companies uh, that are in their high growth phase. Most smaller companies are cash starved, right? Sometimes they have ideas that they haven't proven out. Sometimes they're in early stage of um, their revenue cycle. So they don't normally have a lot of cash to lay out in, in form of CapEx, that, you know, CapEx to buy disks, networks, and so on and so forth. So SaaS allows their cash investment to go from a CapEx model, a captive model, to an OpEx model. And that's very, very convenient. This CapEx to OpEx uh, transition is very convenient for um, smaller businesses who are in their growth phase for generally cash start. So those are the three major drivers which I consider economic drivers for SaaS. Um, what I see happening to SaaS worldwide, not just India, I do not particularly think there's something special in India, except maybe something that is a little bit more special is, um, you know, the, the, the proliferation of mobile in India. And SaaS and mobile go like brother and sister, right? Because, you know, there's kind of a nice relationship there, right? And with the proliferation of mobile, with every person in the street corner having a mobile, SaaS growth will be probably even more uh, accentuated in India. That's point number one. And I think um, what, I, what I would see uh, worldwide, not just India, is um, SaaS pricing models to change, right? Even now, SaaS pricing models are starting with uh, mostly for user per seat licenses, right? For uh, enterprise software. Um, I think there will be more consumerization of that model whereby things will become more consumption-based, right, over time, right? When you actually get the real value, right? Um, so I think there will be a movement toward more utility-like pricing or consumption-based pricing rather than, um, you know, subscription-based pricing. That's something that I, that, I was, that I'm almost sure will happen worldwide, including India. Right. And, and you know, uh, uh, while you briefly addressed it, uh, uh, you, you, you're, in, you're in a much more developed ecosystem as compared to India, where, where 
we are just about getting started you know what steps should should our so called as startup founders take which can uh, you know you know accelerate their growth especially when it comes to uh, 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 getting into more global markets global business uh, 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 ecosystem so to say what are the key things that that indian startup startup fast startup uh, leaders should learn from from more developed market that that you are currently in um it's a good question um you know i think one of the things that is very important is to know your product market fit right um and the product market fit is um is key to everything it's key to everything right uh you can design a product um that works fairly well in one market doesn't quite work well in another market there are various examples of that right um i think product market fit is very important uh trying to understand um which markets you're targeting in what priority is very important right if you want to target the indian market the pricing mo- uh, the pricing model for that market um the customer demand nature for that market versus the pricing model the customer demand nature for the us market are very different i think uh, subscriptions in the us market is very well understood but in india consumption is probably much better um a, a model right to to understand the market you are serving the product market fit and your pricing right and your value articulation right is very important plus competition plus competition because the competitive um dynamic in a worldwide scale is very different than let's say geographical in india you could actually have you, you could actually have a product and you don't have much competition in india but once you enter a worldwide market you face competition from startups in other countries as well as established companies so i think being able to understand the product market fit your uh, nature of the consumer demand that you have um as well as pricing and competition these are the four areas that uh, startup founders to focus on and plan a chart a chart a trajectory right uh, you cannot do too many things at one time right focusing on you know one or two markets initially is actually a good idea right yeah 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 i mean i also wanted to ask a leader like you while while uh making it very broad based question what do you think uh, uh of of indian startup ecosystem very honestly are we while why see there, there will always be numbers considering we are almost 1.3 1.4 billion people there are no jobs also so some of the entrepreneurship that's happening in the country is also very forced because there were no jobs people were people are doing what they what they wanted to or what they you know are forced to do i honestly want to ask you, you know, from a standpoint there is lots that been written about indian te- startup ecosystem both from from the scale perspective the technology adoption perspective where do you stand as a leader and what's your thought on that um I think there's tremendous potential, right? This tremendous potential uh in the Indian startup ecosystem, right? Um 
first of all we have extreme amount of very smart people graduating with more volume than any other country from the technology institutions as well as other institutions not just technology because technology is not the only thing that will drive drive startup ideas like things like agriculture you know things like consumer goods and media right um, we have what we have the intellectual um, bench if you may to actually have a very very vibrant startup and driven growth right we have the intellectual bench and scale right so that's something that's going for us right in india um i think we also have another big uh, advantage which is the english language right i think the english language in terms of communication design as well as you know getting funding from other areas um is is very important i think that's that actually works in india's favor believe it or not right when we hear an indian entrepreneur pitch an idea versus hear an entrepreneur pitch an idea from some other country language becomes a big problem believe me it's just amazing how much of a barrier it could be right um but i think there are some things that um that need to happen to be honest um the whole uh, risk taking capability of investors uh in india need to um need to improve right uh we are not an ip driven culture culturally uh, if you look at india it's trade driven right it's driven by traders now traders usually have a shorter time horizon in terms of return of investment right they uh, a trader by nature would put some money into a venture and uh, basically like to see growth and returns in less than 6 months that doesn't happen there is actually a long tail um of of uh, growth and return in a, in a more venture oriented investment so i think but the returns could be much larger right the returns could be much larger imagine the early cap venture capitalists who invested in google or facebook you know uh their returns are astronomically larger but those are the stories we hear the stories we don't hear are the 99% failures right they always say a rule of thumb is that there's one success that you need to get that makes up for the nine failures and beyond right but that level of risk tolerance that level of attitude for the venture capital community or pe community in india is still yet to happen right what's happening i see is global companies funding indian companies taking that risk i, I know of a south african company for example i won't name um that is actually putting a lot of money in in indian startups today right um so global companies european american and south african companies they actually have that culture of risk taking they're actually putting money in indian startups but domestic venture capital firms and domestic uh, funding institutions need a little bit more of that mentality than the trader mentality yeah you're right i think i think uh, uh, even at a angel uh, level india there's nothing happening in india and and you're absolutely bang on there are more international funds that have come and, um my two my my two questions and and uh, more more theoretical more more in nature what should indian uh, student community or or people who are just about getting their career started from a technology stand uh, the tech from the technology background 
should what skills should they have so that they can either get a job at skillsoft or or companies like yours what do you look at the traits that you look at from at, at a, from a young young person who wants to kind of apply to you are there yeah. defined traits that you look at because I, the yeah. reason i ask you this is indian education system currently is going through that shift from from theoretical knowledge to practical knowledge now 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 uh, is indian education system doing the right thing by giving more practical knowledge and therefore i thought i'll just pick up your thoughts and brains on it yeah it's a good question it's a very good question um if you're from a technology background um obviously there are tools and techniques that companies like ourselves have to assess your technology skills right um let's say you're applying for a data science position right there are enough people within the company as well as third party tools and techniques whereby you can assess your data science skills pretty concretely right using a using a series of questions or maybe you know short you know q and a or tests before the interview right um we almost take that for granted so for a technology graduate there has to be a bar of technology skills you know that need to be cleared right and that is oftentimes practical right um i don't want to discount theory because just knowing a whole bunch of practical how tos is actually also not useful we look for conceptual um clarity as well right when we hear so it's a balance of conceptual clarity as well as practical know how uh we look at but that's down technology especially for india graduates what i find lacking is a balance of technology skills and what we call power skills as soon as you enter the workforce you really have to know a bit about multi channel communications how do you communicate in email chat versus you know voice and face to face right um how do you communicate with um people of different backgrounds and people in different management levels so multi channel multi level communications conflict management you know the moment you enter the workforce there will be small conflict to large conflict difference of opinion etc some intellectual debates how do you handle all of that right um agility learning about agility and actually practicing agility not just as a software development principle but agile work to be honest uh picking up those kinds of skills is very important diversity respecting diversity in the workforce and understanding different points of view actually makes an engineer even better better right so i think these soft skills they're not really soft they're power skills right um are equally important and we look for these things when we uh, when we talk uh, to interview candidates so a technology guy or a woman who's coming in to an interview with a superlative technology skills but we conclude that this person may or may not fit the team because you know will be weak in conflict management or doesn't have the right communications paradigms inside there you know we may not go for that candidate yeah so combination of of both technology skills technical skills and that does the excellence in soft skills my last question sir is uh, i know you have to run uh last especially in 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 the pandemic context 18 months they've been very tough it has been tough for businesses it has also been very tough for individually uh, all of us got affected and all. 
I just want to kind of uh, ask you, how do you keep the flag high? How do you keep motivated? Motivate? How do you keep yourself motivated every day? And 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 the reason I ask you this is because because if you are motivated, the team down below also has that triple effect. What what have you done in last eighteen months so that that, that the flag has never come down? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the good news is the the good news and bad news is that the pandemic has gone through waves and it's hitting different countries at different times. Right, India right now is going through some challenging times, but um, US went through the same thing, Europe went through the same thing. Now suddenly Japan's picking up. Right, if you if you follow the news, so this virus is really interesting, very porous, and you know nobody is really safe or immune unless you actually scientifically crack the problem. Right. Um, uh, the, 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 uh, there are only four letters for, for these type of situations which are desperate, right? Um, the letters are H-O-P-E, hope, right? One has to have hope that things will get better. One has to follow logical, common sense, scientific things and act at a personal level for things to get better. But what do you do with uh, maybe um, when, when things are not, not correct? Um, I think um, we are more and more entering a knowledge economy and keeping your knowledge high and, and reskilling and upskilling using this time is the best thing you can do, right? Um, it's the best thing you can do. So reskill, upskill, use the time to learn more uh, is the best thing you can do. And it'll keep your mind occupied rather than focusing on, oh, you know, next morning I can come down with a temperature, right? There, you can, you, even if you take precautions, you can, but there's no point thinking about that, right? So use the time um, to learn something new, right? Reskilling and upskilling. So, thank you for your time today and look forward to interact with you more often. It was worth it. Thank you so much. Excellent.